What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab me a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brandon Tess is your ex drinking buddy. I am your host, Brandon Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It's my favorite thing to do, hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do, hang out with someone and reminisce about those crazy old days. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, Emma Wilman. What's going on? Thank you. Ah! Thanks for having me. What's up? What's up? I'm so immature. We were supposed to do, There's you do 10 seconds of silence before you start recording, and I was laughing. I could not. I don't know why. It's, it always depends on who's in the room. Sometimes people are just like looking at their phones. Right. And I'm like, All right, cool. But when I'm with you, I'm like. <clears throat> yeah, I knew I wasn't supposed to like laugh. And then he was like, be quiet for 10 seconds so they can do something called a check to like get the sound levels. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so happy you're here. Yeah, thank you um, for having me. I've been excited to have you on. Tell everybody. Let's plug everything up front. Please. Tell everybody the social media, everything like that. Any dates you got coming up? This will come out in about 10 days. So anything okay. you got coming out? Okay. All right, I've got. I'm on uh, TikTok at I am Emma Wilman. I'm on Instagram at Emma Wilman. Those are the ones I post on the most. And I always try to get back to people on Instagram. My website is I am EmmaWilman.com. And I do have some dates in the road coming up. I'm going to be actually in your old stomping grounds, Florida. Shouts out. Flor- I'm going to be in Orlando. Okay. And Tampa. Yeah. You doing side splitters? No, I'm oh, doing man. the improv. I'm doing the Orlando Improv yeah, yeah. and the Tampa Improv. Okay. And then- um, Orlando I've, Improv, I'm going to know a bunch of people that are, they got their hosting for you and stuff. Oh, nice. Sweet. Yeah. yeah like, you know who, um, my buddy's featuring for me that he that used to live in LA. He moved to, down to Florida. Actually, who? Um, Richie Lies. Oh, okay. He was, he was in LA and then he just moved down to oh, Florida. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I've got a bunch of dates coming up, so check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Safe space for non-drinkers for sure. Absolutely. So yeah. I want to talk about it. Um, Before we get too far into the, well, I mean, it all kind of coalesced with each other, but Ooh, I wanted to talk to you about- Good word choice. Thank you. Uh, so you, because you've been doing comedy for a while and you and I kind of met- I don't even know if you remember, but the fir- when I first moved to New York, we would go – my girlfriend and I would go to the stand a lot and the cellar a lot. And I used to always wear my ex-drinking buddy merch. And she would always be like, Brennan, don't wear your own merch. And I go, it's going to work. One of these days, someone's going to – so we get down there. And we're sitting in the front row. This is like two weeks into moving into New York. And you go up and you go, ex-drinking buddy. What is that? Is that like – and I was like, see, I told you it would work. I have no recollection of this. Well, you do a lot of shows. So this – and this is over a year and a half sure. ago. But at that moment, I was like – I and then because you were talking about like how you don't drink anymore and everything. And I was like, ah, oh, eventually I've got to get Emma on the podcast. And now here we are. Here we are, baby. A year and a half later. But we ended up becoming friends sure. uh, through Dan Lamort. He kind of yes. introduced us. One of my best buddies, Dan. And then you and I kind of became fast friends. So – Tell everybody when you like started comedy, how you got into it, because I know you've done the True TV thing with Kevin McCaffrey and stuff. So how did all of that kind of come to pass? Oh, the, the True TV thing I did was the show, reality show about moose poop. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, but, woo, that talk about, that almost made me want to start drinking again. But, <laughs> but you know. How'd you get into comedy? Like, have you always been a fan of stand-up? Or like, no. kind of, how did it happen? I wasn't always a fan of stand-up, but I was always really in entertainment. So I interested in entertainment. I grew up in really rural Maine and when my, really rural. So, and the idea, my parents didn't watch comedy. I, the idea of stand-up was not even floating around our yeah. house. And I, but I would be really into music. So when my parents got divorced, my dad got cable like that was like oh kinda, okay come over to dad's house you can watch cable <laughs> hey. and my sister was like i'm not falling for that i want to <laughs> stay at mom's i was like sign me up so i live with my I'm dad falling for that. i'm falling for that i lived with my dad my sister lived with my mom and then my half brother lived with his mom so all the okay. kids were kind of like split up 
And I used to be so into watching music videos. And I was so attracted to like rap music because of the message kind of where it was like, it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. Like, yeah, absolutely. And the reason that resonated with me was kind of while this is all happening, I started getting in trouble in school, started ADD, special ed. So then I was like, I'm not doing well in school, but I want to be sick. I always had like real delusions of grandeur, Yeah, which I also think it's like, yeah. I mean, I was an ambitious, I was an ambitious little kid. I always was hustling with the lemonade stands. Like I was always like yeah. selling pies to my mom's friends. Really? Oh yeah. My mom was like, you gotta stop, these pies suck. <laughs> <laughs> they feel pressure to buy them from you because you're my kid. I'm popping up at the book club meetings like, who wants an apple crisp? And they're all like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew that. I knew they were trapped at the book club, so I'd pop in. So I was always hustling and then no no interest in comedy, but interest in entertainment. I interned at a recording studio in high school. Okay. I wanted This to, is in Maine? They have No. Okay. So my stepsister at the time, she had a boyfriend who knew a guy who was an engineer at a studio in Boston. Stepsister on dad remarry or mom yes. remarry? So my dad's been married he's been engaged quite a few times. He's been married, I think, only three, and he's been he's been with my stepmom now for a long time. Okay, this is it for him. But so this is the stepsister. No, this was the one before. This was like a couple ones before. Okay. She had a bunch of kids. Got it. Yeah, she had a she had a bunch of kids, <laughs> and that stepsister, her boyfriend, was friend, friend. Yeah. So I called up, and I don't know how the hell I knew how to do this, and I but I do think this ties in with addiction a little bit. I mean, I'd be curious what you think, just in terms of like. Be, being a little sneaky. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so I tell people all the time. I left home at seventeen. Like my survival skills. Right. That's one of the hardest things about being in recovery. Is my entire survival set, like my skill set, everything is based in addiction. It's like right. based in survival. Right. So Sneak. like yeah. And I don't – I've tried to look at like where exactly did that come – I don't know if it was me kind of needing to play off my mom to my dad and where that pressure was definitely there because they like hated each other and it was really complicated, drawn a divorce, lots of custody stuff. So I think to feel safe with each parent – or actually, no, I think I would feel guilty. I would feel guilty when I was with my mom and I would feel guilty when I was with my dad. So I'd yeah. talk about the other parent to the other one. Yeah. And that's kind of where I think it stemmed from. And I would like manipulate I tell, stories I, a lot. I tell people all the time. Uh, so when I got to college, I was going to major in businesses. And then I was like, I don't like this. And I took one political science class and I was like, oh, I love this. Oh and my God. People yes. go, why do you like politics and political science so much? And I go, because I've been playing politics since I was right. 12. Right. Like right. I'm good at this. I interned at the state house when I was in college. Yeah. Like, and it's just one of those things, especially being a child of divorce and dealing sure. with like different things. Like you, you can't make this side too angry, but you also can't make that side too mad. And like play, like we've been playing politics since we were kids. 100% little lobbyists. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent, and it's interesting you say that because when people were like, "How do?" When I did the state house, they're like, "How do these internships in music correlate, connect these teams?" And I was like, "Oh, hundred percent." I was like, "In rap music, like uh, they lobby for each other. Like this is a successful person. I'm going to feature this up and coming person. They're yeah. all on the label. They're pushing that agenda." It was absolutely like Paul Wall. What do you like, think the, we're doing here with the podcast? Right, exactly. I was like, it. You know, Paul Wall. They're, they're pushing the agenda and the image of Houston or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. The Dirty yeah, South. Exactly. I, yeah, I was raised on yep. that kind of stuff. Trillville? What? I love Trillville. What? Some cut? My, oh my, my girlfriend listens to that song all the scrappy? time. I love Little Scrappy. Wait, I don't want to get too – I'm going to – I'll finish the story about what I did that was – Yeah, yeah. How'd you But get? I fucking Googled Little Scrappy for the first time three days ago. And dude, some shit's going on. Really? Yeah. He came – he told his mom – he did this whole thing about how his mom – uh, was a uh, sex worker and it was upsetting to him that she used to have men over to the house and he like talked about all the emotional trauma from it and how his like wife helped him figure it out and because I, I googled a little scrap because I was like did he get like what's going on with him and that fucking popped up that's insane yeah, and this happens in touch to me. with his emotions you and I have talked about this before but I listen to so much podcasting mm. that I don't really listen to music much anymore and when I do I do it at the gym and it's always the same kind of like stuff from when I played college and yep. high school football so it's like you know knock if you buck yes. and like yeah like all fucking the, yeah. jock jams you listen oh, to that yeah so it's a lot of that kind of stuff yeah and that happens where I'll be like whatever happened to young <laughs> buck <laughs> yeah. what? wait, wait, whatever what? 
Do I know what happened to Young Buck? I think Nashville, Cashville, Young Buck. Because he went, he got shuffled between. There was he was problems. in G Unit, and then he kind of wasn't. And then he released a solo album, and then that was the last I Didn't heard he, of him. Did he end up getting in Baby? I haven't heard from him in a while either, Brendan. <laughs> Call us, <laughs> Young Buck, if you're out yeah, there. If you're out there, yeah. So, but so you get this job. But how I got the internship? This is a sneak yeah. thing. So I, I was in, I was young. Like I must have been in ninth grade or something, and I was like fixated on how the hell can I get an internship at a record label. No. And you're like 14 at this For, time. Actually, I'm sorry. I would have been in a junior in okay. high school because- So 16. So my high school let people spend two weeks doing an internship and you could get credit for it. Okay. You had to like submit a proposal and all that. But I'm like, I don't know anybody. You know, I don't know. I'll, I'm not in. I'm not in with cash money yet. <laughs> what am I going to do? So this one guy worked at a hip hop, or it was a hip hop recording studio in Boston. It was called Waltz Audio. And shout out Walt's audio. Shout out to Walt's audio. So I called and like couldn't get a hold of anybody. So I was like, all right. So I I was like, hi, I'm calling blah 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 back. Like, hi, this is like da da da. I'm calling them back, even though they had never called me. Yeah. So like, sure. So they connected me through to the guy, and he was like, hello. And I was like, hi, I'm a friend of Ralph's, and I'm looking for an internship, and I will do anything. And he was like, uh, which looking back, like that sounds so like sexual. Like, I don't know what, like he was, oh, I didn't even think you about know what that. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I was specific. I was like, nothing is too big or too small. Like I will, anything you need. And he was like, um, like huh? he was kind of like, he was like, he was like, I called you. And I was like, I was just, uh, Ralph had, we had, I thought we had played Fotex. So I just wanted to make sure we got to touch base. And he was like, okay. Touch base. And he was like, all right, um, you know what? I'll let's, let's do this. So then I went to Boston. Sick. Yeah. That's and I was awesome. like, I'll get school credit for it. And how far is Boston from Maine? It's pretty far, but my mom had maybe like six hours. Oh my God. But my mom had a friend that lived in okay. the area. So we got to stay with her and then I would go in and I did that internship, I think my junior and senior year. And it was like, I would just sit in the studio, sometimes take notes for them, and then I would go get them blunt wrappers, like, yeah. all the time. So I was always, like, getting them blunt wrappers. And then on the side, I was trying to write lyrics to be like, maybe I could hand maybe this I off to one of the yeah. rappers, do some ghost writing. And nothing really took off, but that was, like, my first... Four-way, a foray into uh, entertainment? Right. First foray. But it was that was a sneaky thing to be like, I'm going to call him back. Like, I don't know where... I used to email comedy clubs. Um from like I created an email address and then I would email comedy clubs be like, hi, my name is so-and-so I represent. Sure. Tassif. 100%. Like, I used to email clubs as my own manager. 100%. Because it looks so much better than if like the comic emails. Absolutely. Never got anything out of it. And this is back when I was drinking. So right. the, the emails weren't very cohesive. But still a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Still a good idea. He's awesome. <laughs> so hilarious. Yeah. So, LOL, LOL, LOL. You're a <laughs> fucking dumb piece of shit if you don't, if you don't book him, you fucking loser. So after the internships and stuff, how did, how did you end up in New York? How did you end up doing comedy? So then and after the internships, I went to college in Boston, and okay. I remember being, I was so fucking- Where did you go? Simmons. Okay. Best time of my life, man. Yeah, me too. I had the best time in college, because it was like, stable living environment. I started doing really well in school. I was drinking, and it was still fun. Yeah. Although, I just skipped over something. Okay. I did go to rehab right before I went to college. Let's get into it. I for, How did I forget about that? I went to rehab. Wow. So let's- We'll get back to the the comedy thing. But oh yeah, the cop. So basically, well, then I did, went to college. And then after college, I ended up. Um, I was like l looking around at stuff, and I had gotten into some things, but nothing was really clicking. And then I went to a, and I saw a girl doing comedy, and then I started getting into it after that. Okay, yeah. because your timeline, as far as drinking and stuff, that happens in high school. Yeah. So well, the real the first thing I turned to was food. Okay. So I was like, I was, was this when your parents were getting divorced or yes. like just out of anxiety? Because yes. it's interesting when I talk to people. Maybe before too, but I really kicked up. Yeah. I talked to people about my anxiety because I've got, you know, scars all over my body from hurting myself mm -hmm. and stuff because I just didn't know how to deal totally. with all the stuff going on in my head. 100%. I used to burn myself with cigarettes sometimes. Yeah. So I would be like, well, if I inflict physical pain, then I can get my mind off of everything that's going Absolutely. on on the inside. And people will add, they'll be like, oh, well, when did that start? And honestly, I can't. Tell, right. Like, I've always had this horrific anxiety. Like I was telling you, something happened over the last couple of days and I've been sober for going on almost five years. And just thinking about it, I threw up because mm. like, I got so anxious. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. <laughs> like it just happens. Do you so, take any anxiety drugs? I don't take anything at okay. all, ever. I do take Zoloft and Wilbutrin and Vyvanse. So I'm <laughs> but <laughs> I but mean, Zoloft is the anxiety one. Yeah, my sponsor is very big on like if you go to the doctor and 
you need to take this stuff. It and might take help. it. Yeah, but I've always been because I'm such an addict that like whenever I get but pills Zoloft, or anything, is it you can't? I mean, what could you? I don't know what you could do. Well, because I've taken I've taken antidepressants before and then just willy nilly been like, oh, I'm just gonna stop. Yeah, that's so bad for your brain chemistry. Okay, like so, I've started yes. having seizures and stuff. Well, and then shit. I went to the doctor and they were like, you can't just stop. Right. Well, so I so I have. I have done that before with my Wellbutrin where I'll just forget. Yeah. And then I'll be traveling and I'll leave it someplace and then I feel really fucking depressed and, and I get so angry because my girlfriend's like, be honest with me, have you stopped taking your antidepressants? And I'll be like, maybe, but that has nothing to do with this. this I'm is- right in this situation. Yeah. Depressants 100%. have nothing to do with anything. I'll be, and I'll be like, I say the same thing every time. I'm like, if you look on paper, these are reasons someone should be depressed. Why would someone not be depressed? <laughs> this is real. You don't know me, bitch. I love you it. You don't know me. And then it's like- I do the same thing. So dramatic. But if you can remember to take the Zoloft and a low dose of it, it's not something- to my knowledge, you can. It's abuse. not an, uh, an addictive. It's uh, not an upper at all. Okay, yeah, because that was the problem. Was when I was, when I was like twenty two, I went to a doctor because I was like, I need to figure this out. Sure. Because I've been self medicating for years, and then so I went to a psychoneurologist, and within mm. two months, he had me on Adderall, Klonopin, and Xanax. This and is the problem. I almost fucking died from that. This is the problem, and that's so fucking frustrating because I remember in high school I went to see this guy, and he's now been disbarred and i really liked him because his name was fred and i i he's disbarred so i feel very comfortable saying his like full name fred reeser and i really liked the guy and my dad would drive me up i would see he was a psychiatrist but i was seeing him as a therapist yeah. and i forget exactly there's some reason that i ended up seeing him in the first place but he would let me basically diagnose myself like i'd be like fred like i'm anxious or fred this he was giving me med- I was so much medicine similar yeah. thing where it's like Everything all at once. At one point, I was on like bipolar meds, like all this stuff. I was taking a handful of pills. I was like a zombie. And it was, he would just let me, like, I I remember holding this little book and I would always be like, I used to do this when I would see mental health people. I would start asking them how they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they go, How are you? How was your experience with this? And they'd be like, Well, you know, we should keep it on you. But then up until, I think I was 26. I kind of got, I used to think of it like getting them to crack. Yeah. Because they'd be like, oh, I shouldn't be telling you this, but like da, 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 da. And then Fred came and visited me while I was in college. Yeah. And I was like, I like him. Like he was like my buddy. And then people were like, it's a little weird that he's your psychiatrist. Because we were meeting, get like coffee. And he'd tell mm-hmm. me about his fucking daughter and his girlfriend and whatever the fuck. And then years later, I looked him up and it was like disbar for pushing one of his clients down the stairs and she was living with him. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, Fred, Fred, Fred. And I, I just liked him because I think he was like a consistent adult in my life. And I had no fucking concept of appropriate boundaries with well, and it's, adults, I guess. It's also so terrible when you're younger. I was so young. I was, and I was like no 15. Idea, and you have no idea what's going on right. in your head. You're just like, why do I feel this way right. all the time? And like that was one of my big things when I was – because I didn't have a lot of friends. I was always a loner. Mm. And I, I remember – Even with sports? Yeah. Mm. I was bullied on – I didn't talk about this. This is also something that has shaped me. So I got into sports at a young age. And even as a, an athlete like playing sports, I would be bullied and heckled by all my teammates. Like what? I don't know what it was. It was just always very much like – and I used to maybe they could pick up that you were like sensitive, which is a yeah. good thing. Which is a good thing. To yeah, be. and I think that's exactly what it was. And I always played the victim. Like I overplayed it a lot. Like mm. I would always be the one. Like at the family get together, crying, being like nobody likes me. Nobody, everyone hates me. Thank God we didn't meet. We would have started an emo band. If <laughs> <laughs> that age, like I you was know? just so upset all the time. And like right. my mom says, she she brings up a good point. She goes, you. My first reaction was always to anger and then mm. into sadness. And she was like, you just hated – she was like, you hated the world. Like it was you against everybody all the time. And that's how I still feel in a lot of ways. I get it. And then it's also like, yeah, but they were doing some fucked up yeah, shit. But – Don't on, get me started. On paper. Right, right, right. That's the tricky – but I get it. It's. T- I mean I went to anger too. I would be angry – and I'd be secretive because it would be I would secret I was it was I was started like hiding how much food I would eat and then I remember just being like pretty fucked up because I would I went on Adderall at some point in high school and then I lost a bunch of weight and I yeah. didn't even realize it was happening and people were like whoa you look great 
And then I started like lowering the Adderall dose because I was pretty geeked out. Like my dad was like, uh, you gotta calm down. You gotta calm down. I was like organizing his comic books at like 6 a.m. on a Saturday and he was like, who is this? I remember, just side note, when I talked to that psychoneurologist, I was like, they shouldn't have done that. That was was fucked up. I know, but I was like, oh, what is Adderall? And he goes, oh, it's speed. Cool, dude. And I was like, oh, like the street drug? He goes, yeah, actually, molecularly, it's the same exact thing. (sighs) And I was like, Molecularly, rev it up. Yeah, yeah. Rev it up. <laughs> Sounds molecularly awesome. Like, why would he? But why would it? What's crazy too is to introduce all those variables without a way for you to then say, like, because when I finally did get a good psychiatrist, he was like, I, w- I went to him, guns blazing, where I was like, okay, I need an antidepressant, I need an anti-anxiety, yeah, and I need. You've been diagnosing yourself since Fred, right? And this was years later. Yeah. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll tell you what you need. Right. He was like, first of all, we have to have a couple sessions, and I was like, no, I'm so fucking depressed, I need stuff now. And he was like, we have to do a couple sessions. He's like, and then I'll do one, and then after a couple weeks, we'll do another one, and then we can talk about an ADD drug. And yeah. I remember being like. Fuck! But I was seeing this good therapist, and she was like, "This is the type of person you really do need to see." That's that's. And the... she was right, but I was so annoyed because yep. I was like, "You want me to wait weeks? Like I, I want them now. I feel so like I was like, for me to get to the point where I'm seeing you, I'm already so depressed. I'm already yeah down the rabbit so hole. So I was far. like, "What are we gonna?" And then I remember this, and it's pretty funny. But he it was he was totally serious. He was like, also. He was like, I do believe nutrition plays a factor in this stuff. And at this point, I'm like, this fucking guy is bonkers. <laughs> he goes, I want you to drink a cup of black coffee. Like, reg- you know, start, you can use your coffee. That helps as an antidepressant. And he goes, and also start eating organic blueberries. There's a specific kind from Peter Joe's that has- I see you eat blueberries all the time. I do, yeah. <laughs> if I'm sad, I'm like fucking mainlining blueberries. But, but he, I remember him saying that and I was just like, I couldn't believe it. Like I was just so bothered. Were you the, like pissed? So pissed because yeah. I was so bothered at the concept of you're not just going to give me a bunch of stuff right now, but they shouldn't do that because how could you know what the, those three different drugs did to you? Well, that was the thing was the first session I went in, I, I told him all my history about stuff. And then the next session I went in, he goes, all right, well, I'm going to give you Klonopin. You'll take that every day. It's a, a slow release. So it'll last you all day. Makes you sleep. I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to, it's super drowsy. Oh, he it's goes, an anxiety. Yeah, yeah. It's an anxiety medication, but it makes you super drowsy. And he goes, and then I'm going to give you Xanax for when you have anxiety attacks because my anxiety was off the rails. Like, to be five years sober and still throwing up because of anxiety sure. is insane. So sure. he was like, so I'll give you Xanax for your anxiety attacks. And then because you have trouble focusing, I'm going to give you Adderall as well. And you take that in the morning with the Klonopin and you'll be good to go. And I was out of the Xanax within like four days. Also, it's like maybe if you're a fucking robot, maybe yeah. if you're a robot in theory where it's like, yeah, I'll concentrate with this. I'll come down with this. But it's like, what about your hormones? What about? Well, and then also I've been on because <clears throat> I've been diagnosed bipolar like when I went to rehab and stuff. And. So they put me on like Tramadil, which mm-hmm. is like an antipsychotic medication, but I, I could not take it because it knocks you out. Mm-hmm. Like it turns you zonked like into a zombie. And I was like, I would much rather deal with the consequences of my anger and sadness bouts of like snapping on people and then being like, hey, I'm sorry. Like I'd much rather deal with those consequences than be walking around like uh, right. all day long. Did they- because I'm a creative. So sure. I was like, I can't even f- f- think. Did they like tinker with it though? Like there's gotta be some in between area. Well, they they did. They tried to give me a lower dose, but then that almost did nothing. And right. then it was like that weird line where like once you crossed over, then you were like just knocked out all day. Right. So I was just kinda like, all right, we're just gonna deal. It's a complicated fucking thing. And because like I've been on the same mix of meds for such a long time because that guy, the good psychiatrist yeah. that did that, once we kind of got that down, I stayed on it. The issue is I've had long chunks of time where I've yet yeah, forgotten to take it. And then there was a while where I was, I found this other psychiatrist that would that would prescribe me not time release Adderall. She mm-hmm. would do the pills. Yeah. And somewhere in there, in a relapse period, I was like snorting them a lot. Oh. And so that, and then I, there's also been times where I like, oh, so now I take Vyvanse, which is less like you can't snort it. Yeah. I think I have a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm pretty sure in different like. Well, you get tired, you got to get going. I think I, maybe I, I don't know. Since I've been on it, I've been sober, I'm pretty sure. But I remember there was this one doctor, there was, Vyvanse is really expensive if your insurance doesn't cover it. Is it? Very. Like, and I remember this, for a while it wasn't covering it. 
And this doctor I was seeing, he was like, look, I'll give you the type that's not the type that's like, I'll give you a pill that's for more than you're diagnosed. So then like you can cut the pill up. And I was like, oh, he's like, if you can cut the pill up and then that way you can, ha- it'll last much longer, yeah, 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 which is great in theory, like very nice of him. Let's go against the companies. Problem is that just the act of me cutting the pill, yeah, that's I, what I was going to say. A little big, a little small. And I remember telling my sponsor at the time about it and he was like I think it's a slippery slope I had I had a pill cutter and I was kind of like <laughs> I liked fucking with I the size I want a little extra today a little extra exactly so you you start the eating thing uh, to deal with yep. your anxiety and everything like that and then you said you went to rehab before college so this is what happened so this is really I, I don't want to say maybe weird's not the right word but so I'm eating like I'm feeling so doped up from it and I got in that battle of be, and I remember I would like drive to different – I'm from really rural Maine, so there's like four or five different stores. So I'd like go in and get a bunch of like ding-dongs and then go to another one and like drive around and just chain smoke cigarettes. I used to do that with fast food. Would you? Yeah, I would go because in Florida Fucked. you're driving around and when my anxiety would get out of control, especially when I first got sober, this is before my relapses and stuff, but like you just want sweet and salty and sweet and salty. Sure. So I'd go through like Wendy's and get a Frosty and a bunch of stuff, then go through McDonald's and get a milkshake and a bunch of stuff and just keep on like- And was that o- is that okay because it was helping you not drink? Like it was part of a big- No. Okay. Because it's addictive behavior. It's and addictive it's also behavior. horrible yes. for you. And so then bad. I would always end up just vomiting everything up mm. because I, I would feel like shit and obviously I'm, I have- body dysmorphia and stuff. So I was like, all right, I can't literally let my body digest thousands of calories sure. of fast food. So I just go home and vomit. See, I would try, I tried doing that. Couldn't hack it. You couldn't? No. I mean, thank God. Cause otherwise yeah. I would have been full on into that. Like I'm, I really wanted to. I'm so bad at it. Even to this day. I mean, I'm so good at it mm. that to this day, it's still kind of a problem. Sure. Because with my anxiety, the way it is and with the drinking, the way it was, I could, I could literally throw up at the drop of a hat. Right. No harm, no foul. Right. Like, I could just, I, right now I could do it if I sure, wanted Sure. I believe you. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to show yeah, us. But, yeah. uh, but so now it's, it's actually become a challenge mm. when I go out to a nice dinner. Cause you know, you want to enjoy everything on right. the dinner. Yep. And then I get home and I go, I could get rid of the stomach ache very quickly. Mm. But then I'm like, but then I just wasted hundreds of dollars from this dinner. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? And it is bad for you. Yeah. And it's horrible for your esophagus. Your and then the whole next day, it's like, I can't, like, I'm like. Oh, and like you know I, what? It's also an addicty thing in that it's looking for a cheat. Yeah. Yep. It's like, how do I cheat this system of dealing with what I did with eating a bunch of food? Yeah. And so I've gotten a lot better of, of it now, but I'm still the kind of person where the second I feel like, like genuinely like an up, not, not like overeating, but like if I have a little bit of a stomach ache, I'll just go throw up hmm. because I'm just like, I'd much rather throw up now and be done with the stomach ache than have a stomach ache for like six hours. I hate a stomach ache. I can't. I hate it. And I used to just eat so much that I would just, I would just feel like I was going to pop and I would eat. I had this really bad stepmom for a long time. The one who I was with, my dad was with her up until I, I was halfway through college. Then okay. they got separated. I'm like, you got separated from her when I'm out, out of the house. But I remember she would never want me to eat with them. So she had told me this story once where this is like fucking wild. She, my friend was asking her about when the first time she had sex with, and she said, well, the first time I had sex, I was very young. And I actually, I had it with my father. And I was like, what? And I was like, you mean you were raped? And then she was like, I wasn't raped. And I was like, and I couldn't compute. And then I was like, what Your the step-mom fuck? Your stepmom said this? Stepmom said, my old stepmom. Yeah, yeah. Not, and, I, and I was like, you were raped. And then she was like, I wasn't raped. And I was like, you, what? And then I was like, you were raped. And then then for some reason, she fucking, I mean, some reason, she hated me. Because she yeah. associated me with being like, you were raped. Yeah. And her dad, like, I guess had like bought her this house and was like paying for her rent up into her like 40s or whatever until he died until this whole thing. She did not like me. And she my dad and I were really close, but he would still pick whatever woman he was with, like what her agenda was over like things with his kids. Yeah. Which he's apologized about very sincerely. Well, and in the in the at the in the moment, I just from my perspective, it'd be like, well, my kids are my kids. Like they're always gonna be here. But like right. I'm trying to keep this. Trying person to holler. From leaving. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So she I would be up on the computer in his office and he, she I would he would be like, Oh, like has Emma eaten? Like, should we call her for dinner? And she'd be like, No, she's eaten. And then she would like leave me food in the refrigerator. Motherfucker. Isn't that sad? And then I would just eat it and I could like eat with my hands. I could have as much as I want. And then I would I would try to eat enough to like pass out. Yeah. And then I started like I felt so out of control with that cycle. And for anxiety, my dad like sent me to an acupuncturist. So I, I was very privileged. I had a lot of resources like yeah. that. So I was going to this acupuncturist every week. And then I started coming in stone because what I tra- started doing was 
smoking enough pot, drinking enough that I wouldn't binge eat. When did you start doing, when did the smoking and drinking come to pass? Like, how did that even happen? The drinking was eighth grade, and I was trying to impress my stepsister, who was like a senior in high school, and me and this other kid whose parents had been divorced, both of us... His, he lived really close to my mom's house, so we would like meet up in the woods, like yeah. in but rural Maine, meet in the woods. We would like smoke some cigarettes, and then we would try to get alcohol or weed from his brother. Okay. And I started getting in trouble pretty much right away because I was like bringing the alcohol. I was always trying to get other people involved with it, which makes you pretty like people were like, "Wow, Emma can get us alcohol." Yeah. And I would like steal alcohol from a store, and then I got yeah. Like what happened with that? Because you had always that in to trouble. You, I would always get. So you in just walk in and like grab the like wine off the shelf and walk out. So this is before going to the. This is before going to the rehab. This is eighth. This is eighth grade. I went. What I would do is I would. It was so sneaky. So I would walk into a store with like a big jacket, main winter, and they would have little bottles of wine, and I would take one. And there was this one aisle where it was like there's the wine aisle and the juice aisle, but there was one aisle where one part's wine, one part's juice. So I would walk through, pretending to like look at stuff, I'd grab a juice, whatever, and then I would like be like looking, and then I would take a bottle of wine and I'd put it on the juice aisle. And then I'd walk around a bunch, and then I'd walk back, and then I'd be grabbing the juice, pretending to read it while I'm taking my other hand and like shoving the wine bottle into my coat, the, oh, the jacket, uh, wow. sleeve. Yeah. So while I'm doing that, you're do I'm doing like putting it, shoving it into my sleeve, but I had it doesn't seem weird that I'm spending such a long time on the freaking juice aisle because I put the wine behind the juice. Yeah. So I'd get all these little bottles of wine. God. And then I would bring them into school and then pretty quick. <laughs> You'd bring them into school? Yeah. What was... On field trips. And then the teacher's like, where are the kids where are the kids are drunk? And like some kids are drunk. What is your mentality? Like I want to share this with my friends or I just want to go? 100%. I wanted to, I guess I I wanted to be, I wanted to impress my yep. stepsister, I guess. Even though I, she was like, I totally what are you doing? get it. I totally get it. That's it's crazy. The big, a and it big... made me feel so good. I wanted to be drunk all the time. Yeah. So I'm like, let me co sign. It's not weird. Like, this is the best. I remember being like, I discovered the solution to everything. If I had a nickel for every time I've said that or I've had people on the mm-hmm. show who are also sober say that, it's like, it's it's so weird to think how how negative and how much of a poison alcohol is for is for me now, because when I first started drinking, I was like, I figured it, it out. Yeah, I figured it I out. I found my best friend. I found I my best had, friend. Never had a ton of friends. Never, you know, I don't like when something goes wrong in my life. I don't really have too many people I can call. Sure. Like that I that I would want to bother with something. But when I had alcohol, I was like, I'm set. Hundred percent. And then it just Did you think were you like, how come no one told me about this? I remember thinking that. I rem- no, because with mine it was different because I saw uh, I was straight edge for a lot of high school mm. because I saw other people like my sisters were both and my brother were both incredibly popular. So mm. they would go to parties and stuff and get drunk and have parties at the house when no one was home. And I you know, and at my Parents drank, you know, my dad and my stepmom and my mom and my stepdad at the time all drank. And I remember there were certain situations that I'd get in, especially with my ex-stepdad, where I was like, oh, this is vile. Mm. Like he'd get wasted and scream and yell Mm. and do dumb shit. And like, and I remember sometimes even with like other family members, like they, they would just say things. And when you're a young kid, you don't right, understand. Right, like they're acting crazy. They're wasted. Yeah, right. So like they would say things and then the next day I'd be like, hey, are we going to go do that thing that we talked about? And they'd be like, what are you What are you talking about? Oof. Or they'd try to play it off like, oh, no, nah, I'm just not feeling well today. Right. Sorry. And it's like you – now looking back, it's like, oh, you don't even remember saying that. Right. So for the longest time, I was like, I'm not going to drink. So it was very prevalent around me, mm. but I was like, I see what it does. I'm never going to do it. But – Meantime, I'm still suffering with all this anxiety right. and depression. So when I first got drunk, I was like, oh, this is what it's fucking about. awesome. Let's yeah. go. This is great. Yeah. And the, I started getting in trouble pretty quick because I got suspended. I, I got in, I got like suspended from I couldn't go to the eighth grade. I couldn't go to the field trip because I got in trouble for bringing alcohol on another field. How trip. did they know it was you? <sighs> I think it was pretty easy yeah. to trace. Like I brought it with me. Like, and who knows? Like maybe those other kids like weren't even wanting to be drinking. And I'm yeah. like, I got booze. Let's and they're do like, it. all right. Like pressure, it was on this field. Tr- I would like to think that I probably like copped up to it. And and I remember, but I wouldn't say where I got it. Like I would never admit that I, s- I forget. Like I wouldn't, if someone bought me alcohol, I didn't like snitch on them. Yeah, absolutely. Some sick part of me is still proud of that to this day. Because oh, yeah. I got in real trouble in high school and they're like, where'd you get the beer? If you tell us where you got the beer, you'll be in less trouble. And I was like, no. How did that happen? How did the beer thing happen? So this was so get in trouble in eighth grade right away. Mm-hmm. Then go to high school. I got in. I went away to this school for kids with learning disabilities. I got in trouble there for bringing beer and alcohol into campus. I don't remember where I got that alcohol. You're just straight gooning. You're I'm just, just like we're doing it. I'm not good, and I was not good. I wasn't slick. I remember my parents being like, "You're not slick." Like 
just like you get caught for everything which also i remember being like oh it's good they think that because if they think i get caught for everything then they don't know but i really did get caught for fucking everything it's like that line in shawshank redemption maybe you just i'm what i'm trying to say is you're not a very good thief yeah yeah exactly exactly i was not good at it (laughs) not good and i went into but then in high school where i really got i got in trouble was i had i had beer in my backpack and i remember i went to this party and i remember i had like pressured someone's brother like got us some beer and i remember yeah. he didn't want to he was okay. like i don't fucking know like yeah, i don't want to get you guys are you at the time because you know there's people from like you know deadheads to burnouts to like you know heshers all sorts of kind of like people who are drinking beer and smoking and stuff like that what kind of category are you in are you like i was a little jockey okay so i always i was like super in the closet i always had boyfriends and but my school is so small so i'm from Rural Maine, like there's literally maybe at the start of my freshman year, 400 kids. Then it goes down oh, wow. to graduating classes, like 70 people. So 529. It's tiny. So people, people for their what's a 529? I had 529. Oh, 529. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like a, a slang. No, no, no. no. I was like, Five, yeah, 529. <laughs> yes, totally. 3,600 3, kids in my school. High That's school. crazy. Yeah. So. For there to be a party, everyone had to go. So we didn't have the same divisions of, oh, the goth kids do this. Oh, yeah. these okay, kids Okay, so this. everyone's just kind of everybody. Because otherwise, there's no party. Yeah. Like, say there's, like, 50 kids that are going to go to a party. Like, everyone has to – like, the prom wasn't senior, junior. It was, like, everyone – Everyone's was, going to the prom. Everyone's going to the prom. Sophomores and up had to go for there to be any – enough people to, like, dance. Yeah. Tiny. So I was more, like, sporty and jockey, but – it was probably different than like what it would be yeah. like at your. So you're you know not I mean? yeah because we had the kids where you'd look at them and go oh they definitely have booze on them. No, so I wasn't that. Yeah, I was definitely kind of preppy too. I okay. would say a little and then bit. You, so you get caught with beer. How did you get caught? So when I in high school this was really this was awful because I had kind of turned things around where I like started getting good grades. I had gotten into a college. I'm excited. I went to this party and I remember when I left, I was with my friend Phil and I was like, let's put the beer in the backpack and we hide it so it's not out in the car because we were like driving and like drinking probably, which I feel awful about. But then I forgot that I put the beer in the backpack. We went in to practice marching, like say a week later, going to practice marching for graduation. Yeah. Forget there's beer in my backpack and I bring my backpack into school because I have to return a bunch of books. I return the books. I toss my backpack down and then I go to the beach and like drink and smoke and whatever. The next day I was driving to school, my mom comes out of her house and she's on my way to school. She like flags me down. Oh no. And I was like, what? And she's like, what have you done? The school just called and said there was beer in your backpack. And I remember like jumping on my car and like punching the roof of it. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And she was like, and she was like, "We, you couldn't just make it to graduation. Both my parents said that. Like, How could you just not just make it to graduation? And this was something, the beer in the backpack wasn't like deliberate like you weren't no. like oh i'm gonna have beer in my backpack nope. for class you just happened to have it Forgot. in there from the party from the party oh man and i remember i was like i think i was like class president that year too yeah. or vice president and i didn't get to go to graduation so you just they just banned you from walking they're entirely? like you're suspended but the suspensions last through graduation and i was like what if i do i was like then the punishment doesn't fit the crime if it's supposed to be like you know suspended for like two weeks this is bigger than two weeks i was like what if i like talk about why you shouldn't do this or I do community service. I like really try to negotiate and they're like, maybe. And then like a day before graduation, they're like, no, you can't go. Oh no. I know my fucking special needs uncle took off from work. He was going to come in. They had to tell him it wasn't happening. He didn't let it go for years. God. He'd be like, what happened? Graduation. What happened? I'd be like, <laughs> he, oh, he used to always see me go beer in the backpack, beer in the backpack. I'd be like, <laughs> Can we get him a new talking piece? Like, he wouldn't get in a car with me. He'd be like, no, you hear about beer in the backpack? And I'd be like, (laughs) years, years afterwards. Like, we're talking 13 years. Like, I'd introduce him to a girlfriend or something. He'd be like, you know about beer in the backpack? And they're like, what? I'm like, what the fuck is he (laughs) Give me a break. So I was always getting in trouble. Yeah, because that's – I – not – um, alcohol related, but I remember at my senior night because, again, always seeking the approval of others. Mm Mm-hmm. I uh, mooned – we were like going to Disney for grad night or whatever and I mooned one of the other buses because everyone's ah, like, shit. you won't, you won't. Right. And I was like, fucking yeah, yeah I will. Yeah. Like I love attention. Sure. Like, let's go. So I mooned the other bus just real quick, didn't even think about it and literally the buses like went and stopped because we were like pulling out of a uh, rest stop or something. Were you on a bus yourself? Yeah. So it's like three different buses, all the seniors from my high school. And remember, it's 529 right. kids in the graduating class. So there's a ton of kids. And then one of the – Mr. Elliot, I'll never forget, the big old uh, Fuck. Um, assistant principal 
came off the other bus and onto our bus. And it was like that scene in Hook where he's like, you, you, not How you, did he know not it was you, you. you. <laughs> he comes walking down. Because I was kind of like, I was a bit of a class, even though I was bullied a lot, I was still like, okay, so my he just main knew. focus was to try to like get right. other people's approval. Fuck. So he just comes walking down. And I don't even know if he knew it was me because he got there and I remember he was like, who did it? Who mm. did it? And I was like, it was me. Right. And everyone's like, yeah, it was. And I was like, yeah. yeah. He pulls me off the bus though and he goes, you're done. This is like two weeks before graduation. Fuck. He's like, you're not walking. <gasps> you're not. You're Are you not. serious? Yeah. He's like, you're done. And I was like, it was a joke, dude. Like, calm down. Wow. That is a big punish. So you didn't yeah. get to walk your graduation? No, I did because oh. then I, I get in the car with Mr. Uh, Mr. Piggott. And as he was like, you can't Rough go. last name. Yeah. He's like, you can't go to grad night. You can't do anything. And Mr. Elliott was like the hard ass. And so he was like, Mr. Piggott, you're going to take him home. So he puts me in the car. And as we're driving back, we were just talking. And I was like, and I was like, I feel so stupid. Like, I just, you know, I just wanted everyone to like, they were cheering. Mm-hmm. And, and like two days later, they were like, for everything your brother, because my older brother went to the same high school. And my this is when my older brother's at Cornell getting a mm-hmm. PhD. And they go, for everything, you know, your brother did. And, you know, he That kind of sucks that they even like gave the that on him. Like yeah. they're doing it as a favor to him. Yeah, basically they were just like, they were like, you know, because I was kind of a screw up by that right. time. But they were like, for everything, like we appreciate your brother did Damn. and everything. He, they were like, we're going to let you walk. And I was like, thank God. Wow. But, but your parents knew you got in trouble? Yeah, yeah. and it was a big deal. It was they awful. Were like, they were like, you're not going to be able to walk. Like, they yep. lost it. Like, I remember my dad was like, are you fucking Same with kidding my dad. me? He, and he had said once, I remember being like, I graduated in two weeks. And he's like, well, let's see when, we'll see it when yeah, it happens. I remember My dad did that. the same thing because I used to get the letters in the mail because, you know, you get senioritis and I've already been sure. accepted to college. And I was like, I'm fucking out of here. Totally. And I was in IB. So the only thing that mattered were the IB tests. Right. Like, the, the actual grades literally didn't matter. Right. Because in order to get your IB diploma, you had to pass the test. They didn't even give a shit what your grades were. Right. So I just stopped like trying. Totally. So he would get like once Party time. every nine weeks, he would get a letter in the mail saying like, oh, Brennan got a D in math. He's not going to be able to graduate. Shit so fuck. he was just like, and I was like, I'm fine. Right. Like I know where I'm right. at. Right. I know the system better than they do. They don't yeah. know what they're talking about. What, who do they think? They make the rules fucking. But it was always this thing where my dad, same thing, would be like, well, we'll see. We'll see. Someone said one, so like it sounds like a precursor, like they're like your dad jinxed you, and I'm like ah, I wouldn't put that on him. Like <laughs> don't put that. There had been enough back. Don't behavior. put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, there had been enough like back stuff that he there, he he was justified in saying that. Yeah, but I got in fucking trouble, and I, but I was always like fucking out of out of it from smoking, drinking, smoking and drinking so much because I was also trying to get so fucked up that I would just pass out and not overeat. Yeah. So this acupuncturist was like. If you go to college like this, you don't stand a chance. You need to get cleaned up. So I went to this rehab. How many days? It was two or three weeks, and it was in Connecticut, and it was in like on like a farm thing. And I remember they were like, you know, you should probably stay longer and really kick this thing. It's not a great time to go to school like right after this. And I was like, yeah, yeah. But you I don't had make a, the rules. I make. The yeah, rules. exactly. I see why you would think that, but you're wrong. And then I went to college and I was sober maybe the first like semester in college. But then I started drinking, but I didn't get in any trouble from drinking in college. Okay. That's when drinking, it was like, I would drink a good amount, but I wasn't drinking the most. Like, sure, lots of people drank a lot more than I did. I remember- And were you out and everything at this time? Yes, I came out like some point in my, fre- like pretty quick into my freshman okay. year. I always had, and like I- Because I figured going from rural Maine into sure. like an actual college Yeah, then I came like, oh, right yeah, out. Hey, I can, I can be myself yep. now. And then, but I would, I would do some addicty things and then I would like cheat. I would, I was really bad in relationships. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't good about that at all. And I would, I, I, but I wouldn't get in trouble from drinking. I don't think, I'm trying to think, I don't think I got in any trouble from drinking in college. That's awesome. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. That's, That's when really I started nuts. getting, once I left football, um, cause I got my eighth concussion and they're like, yeah, you Woo! can't, they're like you can't play anymore. <laughs> It's crazy. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm done with football. But I had all – because as an addict, I was actually – the first two years of college, I was actually good at because Mm. I had football. So I I had something to dump all of my addiction into. You know, we're doing workouts in in the morning and then you go to class, then workouts in the afternoon, then practice. And then by the time you get home, you're like, I'm just going to bed. It's almost like you don't have enough time in your head to – To party. And and so we would still go out and we went out. We would all have a great time and it would be like a party. But we'd only do it like every – like maybe once a week, maybe. And then when I stopped playing football, I was like, well, I have all this free time. Like, I don't know what to do. So I just drank it all away. And that's With other when, people? 
At first, yeah, yeah. with other people, but it just. Uh, but I was the instigator. Sure, I was always like you in high school. 100%. I was I was showing up at people's houses with Let's like fucking bottles. Go. Let's yeah. fuck. I got a final tomorrow. Well, fucking who gives right. a shit? Totally. Or like I just finished. Like I had one buddy, Dan. He's the original drinking buddy. The whole reason I started the podcast. He was my best friend in college, and I remember I would time my drinking out with his finals. Mm. So like if he had Jesus. a final at eleven o'clock, I'd be Jesus. at his apartment at twelve. Like let's Jesus. fucking you're done. Let's right. go. Jeez, so is he I, sober now? No, Dan yeah. still likes to have a good time, but he never had a problem. Good for Dan. He yeah. was always the one who was like, "Dude, I don't want." And I right. was like, "I need this." Right? Come on, man. And he'd be like, "All uh-huh. right, man." I wasn't the instigator in college, and I really don't know what. That's I don't so know crazy what to go fuck. from high school when you're the one bringing booze always. everywhere, and then high school eighth grade. I I really, but right. Right, it was like I started having real like because I there's so much structure in college and I was doing really well in the classes. Yeah, and then when I graduated, it is when it really took a turn because I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Like there was like I had done really well, and then and it was like okay, so what are you going to do? And I hadn't put time into that. I was so focused on like my social life, and I was like spoiled where my parents weren't like, "What are you going to do for a job? What are you going to do for a job?" What yeah. are you gonna... And I, I interned at the state house, and I always did like student government. I did really well, and then I graduated. And then it was what like, was your, uh, what'd you graduate? Philosophy and public relations. Yeah. And then I, and I think I had like two minors. Like I really went you for went, it. Yeah, you went I for it. I went for it. And then, but when I graduated, it was like, I remember drinking so much the end of senior year. Like that's when I was drinking like dirty martinis. And I was just drinking a lot. Yeah. But I, I didn't drink by myself or really do a day drinking situation till pretty quick after college. Okay. So what happened? Where did you go after college? I was in Boston. I took the first job that I applied to. Okay. So the first job I applied to that I got with no thought put into it, nothing. Like, no, no idea to think of what do you want to do? How They're do you want to like, do it? You're just like, you're hired. You're like, all right, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. And I had no, it was recruiting construction executives. Like, it made no fucking sense. <laughs> But I was like, I was like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna try to invent something. So I was like, pretty focused on that. Yeah. And I started drinking all the time. And I remember I got laid off. But luckily, when I got laid off, it was when like everyone was getting laid off. Mm-hmm. The economy crashed. Yeah. And then I started like I would do. I remember like drinking sometimes. I remember being really hungover and then like drinking in the morning. Are you like, at all at this point thinking about entertainment? Like back to your days at the internship in the the music studio or anything? Is anything no. crossed your mind about like oh maybe I want to get back into that yet? I think it didn't because I knew that I hadn't like put anything in place for it while okay. I was in school. Like it was kind of like. But at that point, too, it was like I really, you know, it was like a real failure to launch. Like I hadn't put any thought into. And as a kid, I always fantasized, what am I going to do when I'm older? What am I going to do when I'm older? And then it just that all kind of went away because it was like I had so much fun in college. Like everything was oriented around do the work, get good grades, partying. Yeah. So then when I graduated, it was kind of like we were still kind of doing that. Right, guys? But like they. (laughs) We're still doing that, right, guys? Guys, right? (laughs) Hello? Hello? (laughs) Is anybody here? No. And I still had friends from college around and we would party. But it was like I remember just creating chaos quick. Like I I had like I had two girlfriends that like imploded. And then I, I. I was staying in outside of Boston, smoking, drinking, really drinking a lot. Yeah. That's when I, and then somewhere in there, I started doing comedy. And then I was off to the racetrack, so it was like, drink, 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 drink. So when you got laid off is when you kind of started getting into That's comedy? That's when I started getting okay. into comedy. And I started drinking right away. Like yeah. the first time I did an open mic before it, I got wasted. Yeah, like, me too. Yeah, woo! And I was like, and in my mind, it went well. And then I was always trying to create the perfect cocktail of, I need to get like, just tipsy enough that I don't feel bad if it doesn't go well. Yep. And then I would also try to like mix it with my like uh, Adderall. Like I was always trying to create the perfect like remedy. Mm-hmm. And it got just so out of hand, I'd say probably... Because then I went to New York for grad school to, like, throw my parents a bone for, like, I'm doing comedy, but I'm, I'm going to grad school. Oh, so you came to New York for comedy, for but then also. But I said it was for yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. And we had a we had a, a comic on here, Josh Siminski, who's also from rural Maine. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's only a couple years in, but um, same thing, where he was, like, his whole plan the whole time was to do comedy. But he went to college because his parents really wanted him to go to college. So right. he just happened to go to college in New York. But his whole thing was like, I'm doing comedy. 100%. Yeah. Like it was so – I remember they gave me a really good deal to go there. Like I don't know why – I really don't know what – and I was fucking out of it because I would go – I don't know how I did Like I What was, was like, the grad school for? Media studies. Okay. But I was so fucked up the last year that – like I remember I ha- I didn't finish my – 
independent study and also I had to take you take one math class or mm-hmm. something and I hated it and I just wouldn't go and then I tried to I bought I plagiarized I bought a paper online yeah. to submit and I don't think I got in trouble for it, but it's so hazy yeah I was drunk I was and I was doing like open mics and bar shows all the fucking time and at graduation I look you look, I see pictures of myself from that graduation I look like shit so puffy for your masters. I look like shit. Yeah. And I fall asleep at the graduation and I had a moment of clarity where I was like, I'm going to kill myself. Like, I cannot live like this. I remember putting my thumbs on like that third eye area yep. between your eye. And I, I was like, you have to get sober. Like, you have to. Something's got to Something's got to change. Like, you're going to d- die. You're going to self-destruct. Mm-hmm. So I leave, I leave New York. I go back to Boston. I move in with my mom. So your mom's living in Boston? My mom's point? living in Boston. Uh-huh. And... Again, no thought into what I want to do because I was like, I want to do comedy, but like I just, and I stopped doing comedy. Mm-hmm. I got a therapist. I started going to AA meetings and I got a job really quickly again. I contacted a recruiter and I was like, can you send me an example of the perfect resume? And he was like, sure. So he sends me something. I go, what do you know? It's just like my resume. I called up a buddy that I'd become friends with someone that owned a comedy club. And I was like, can I say, I had worked for him for a summer. I go, can I say I worked for you for uh, six years instead of one summer? He was like, sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit. So I was like, can I say I was your assistant, marketing assistant, whatever the fuck. I, I said I made 100 cold calls a day, like just lied. Yeah. What do you know? I get hired like right away because my resume was fucking awesome. Outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding. I had my friend who's an actress be my reference. <laughs> I, I remember the HR person being like, you know, we were on the fence and then we talked to your friend and like, <laughs> and she was put like, it over the top. Over the top. She was like, I made it sound like you were, should be president of the United States. <laughs> I was like, it's an entry level sales job, but I appreciate that. <laughs> But it was it was a gift. Your actor friend was very Daniel Day Lewis in that moment. She killed it. Yeah, she killed it. Emma, we're talking about my Emma. Exactly, exactly. They're like she's perfect for it. it was selling educational travel. I'm I don't know the maps. Like I got and I did it for maybe like eight or nine months before they let me go because I didn't sell anything. Yeah, but it was so good because I was doing therapy, I was dating, and I was going to AA meetings. I wasn't working the steps. Were you sober at the time? Sober. Okay. I got, was sober for that full year. For anyone listening, the reason I asked that is because I've gone to a lot of AA meetings. Fucked up. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've done that before, but I get I've I've been relapsed and I've gone and driven to an AA meeting because like I had like a girlfriend or something who was like, You gotta go to a meeting. Yeah. And then I'll just sit in the fucking parking lot and then drive when yeah. it's done. It's Yeah, I've I've gone into ones where I'm like pulling the little minis out of the center really? console, walking into the meeting. Oh but but Ah, uh, heartbreaking. No, yeah. But, but understandable. No, you got yourself there. Do, yeah. You know, n- no, no delusions of like, like I wasn't telling people I was sober. I would be mm. very open and honest. Like I'm fucked up right now. I really? Just, I want to stop, but I just can't. Oh my God, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah. And then I would leave the meetings and then I'd, you know, everyone would be like, you want to come get food with us? I'd be like, no, I got stuff to do. And I'd drink the little minis, put them in the center console and drive home. It's so sad. Because also it's like, you get it. Yeah. Like you get it. I remember being so scared of like, relapsing and people knowing that I relapsed. And then like, there was this one guy who we knew the other one was sober. I would see him all the time at comedy clubs. He had been sober a long time. I relapsed. I was trying to hide from him. Yeah. Like I would move my cup, my beer, whatever. And one time he said something like, it's okay. It's okay. And, that, it you took know, me a long time to learn that. Because when, when we first get into sobriety and first start going to meetings, you hold everyone else with all this time in such high mm-hmm. regard that I was so embarrassed and scared. It, that's why it took me so long to get sober the next time. I was so scared to go back to meetings and stuff. And then now looking back on it, like whenever I have friends that newly get sober or like want to try sobriety or whatever, looking back on it, I'm just like – Dude, it's okay. It's okay. Like fucking, it's, so, that's it's a, fine. That's our minds building things up too, like yeah. sensationalized, dramatizing. Because I, I and, and then he, the same guy who I was always avoiding, at one point, someone was when I was like, I was sober for a little bit. Someone was like, "Did you hear that? Like, blah blah has been drunk at shows." And I was like, so I reached out to him and I was like, "Hey, do you want to go to a meeting?" And he yeah. was like, "No." And he was like, oh, "I'm gonna drink tonight. I'm gonna get some vodka. Drink tonight. Go tomorrow." And I was like, "What if?" You meet up with me, we go, and then you drink right after that. Yeah. And I was like, I'll walk you over to the liquor store, like whatever. And then, and I like the amount of me, no judgment. Like I was like, oh my God, this is what people feel when someone relapses. Yeah. It's like, oh dude, I get it. Yeah, like now I get, I get it. it. Yeah. And even I remember, and I didn't talk to my sponsor and this friend of mine who used to be in the program. 
And he's and I remember being like th- just thinking that they were thinking like Emma doesn't take this seriously. Yeah. Like she's relapsed when we didn't. And like then when I finally did call him, they're just like, "Good to hear from you." Yeah. Like, What's up? Like I, I'll never we've forget. got our own stuff going on. When I called my the the first call I made when I got out of the hospital, my last drunk was to my sponsor, and mm. I was sobbing. Right. And he goes, "Dude, I haven't heard from you in almost a week. Like I'm just glad you're alive." Totally. And I was like, "What?" Right. You're not mad at me. <laughs> yeah. You're not pissed off. Right. It's insanity. It's so insanity. What happened with you? So you're doing comedy. You you graduate from with the master's program. You get the job in sales, and then you get let go. Do you do comedy full time? No, no. So I it, I was feeling re- I was really healthy, like yeah. too. Like I I was feeling good. So it's probably like 26 at this time. So I come back to New York, and I was like, I'm going to be an agent or do stand up again. But I was on unemployment. Okay. So it gave me a little wiggle room. So I got this internship with a friend of mine at a production company. And she doesn't, she's not in entertainment anymore, but I was interning there and like applying to some places. And I, I applied for a couple talent agency things. I didn't really know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't, none of them clicked. And then at some point I went to an open mic again and I re- actually, you know what? It was, there was someone from AA that used to run some mics and she was like, why don't you just go to one of my mics? Okay. And I was like, all right. And then, okay. and then I did it and then I started doing mics again, but I was like much more balanced about it. Mm-hmm. And I would run into people and like no one knows what's going on. So this is also like, you know, whenever you, we assume what someone's thinking, it's not it, – it's, for me, it's self-centered. Because like I'll be like – like, oh, where am I? Like I'm a, no, yeah. no one even knows. Like, no you, one even noticed. No one even knew I was gone for like a year and a half. Yeah. And like they were like, oh, like where like where you been? And I was like, I stopped. And I was like, if I was still doing comedy, you would have seen me around. Yeah. And then my friend was like, you don't need to tell. People don't need to know. And I was like, well, I would think they would then think that – I need to have more new jokes. And she was like, no one cares. <laughs> no one, no one cares. cares. But this guy I had interned before, Emma, Emma, like, trust no me. one knows your no jokes. One cares. No one cares. They're thinking about themselves truly. Yeah. So self-centered with it. But this guy who I had interned for, he's like, do you want to do this Gotham Access like TV taping? Yeah. You can do it. You don't have to bring people. And I did it. And I got it. And then I did it. And then I- This I, is for Live at Gotham? Live at Gotham. And then I submitted- that t- I submitted to college agents. And the first college agent was like, I want in. And then the other ones were like, well, how much time do you have? And I was like, 12 minutes. They're like, Psh, no. Yeah. Call us in a so couple you just years. Used, so you got the Live of Gotham taping, which yeah. is a TV credit. And mm-hmm. you just used that and just submitted that to college, college agents. agents. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then the one, the one that's- because, I, got a couple, I got a couple of really good tapes. Because also college agents are small operations. Yeah. Like if you're not reaching out to it, if you're reaching out to a big talent agency, like they probably can't even take submissions. Yeah. But a college agent is usually very small and they are the it's all based on submitting you to these like certain showcases. So yeah. they they'll happily submit you to the showcase. NACA and all NACA. that. NACA. So the very first year, now I haven't gotten into many NACA since then, but that first year I got into shit tons of them. Yeah. But I didn't have the time material wise. And I was stressed out about it, but I stayed oh, I sober. You, for a moment I thought you meant you didn't have the like, time. On, no, I was like, you're on unemployment. Like oh, you yeah. got all the time. Yeah. I was on unemployment. It kind of that kind of worked out really well. But somewhere in the, when I was doing colleges and I had no sense of like How much time health. are you doing? At a co- school, you're supposed to do like 45 minutes to an hour. And but I you only have, have like, like 20. Maybe 20. <sighs> but it's okay because also it's like the stakes are pretty low. Oh, yeah. And it always just kind of worked out. Yeah, Burr always talks about like just you on in the cafeteria and everyone's trying right. to eat lunch. And you're like, wait, this was You'll fill the time. Yeah. <laughs> And they don't. They won't know if you end early. What is that egg salad? Huh? Exactly. Who's this guy eating that fucking egg salad? It's it's okay. Yeah. But the problem was I didn't put any care into. First of all, I didn't understand how like taking percents out. Like I was like, oh, this is great. Like yeah, I'll be in Arkansas and then I'll go to Vermont. And then I remember the college agent being like, are you sure? Like this isn't really routed right. And I'd be like, just get my body there. I'll make it work. So I ran myself into the ground, and I and you don't take into account somewhere in there. Well, I was going to say, you don't take into account expenses and stuff. I didn't take any of that into because account. Because they're like, oh, $5,000. And you're like, that's more money than I've ever seen sure. doing this. And I then they're I was, like, it was getting way less than that for but the But you schools. know what I mean? Yeah, then it's totally. like 10% goes there. You have right. to cover all your travel totally. and stuff. And then you're like, wait, a plane ticket's $600 around 100%. Trip. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? Just not sober thinking and also yeah. not thinking, oh, I need to sleep. I need to like, get rest. I need to work on the set. Like no, no. I remember just being like, I gotta get my carcass there. Like I remember whipping through the backwoods of Vermont to do like a community college. Like I flew in from somewhere. It was like a 11 hour travel day to like get in and get to like some little lodge for like eight kids. 
And then it's like, for what? Like, truly, what the fuck am for, I doing? Yeah, exactly. For what? So Burnt then, myself out, totally. In that time, and then you fell off? Did you... Fell off, yeah. Did you feel like what we were talking about, where you're like, I can't tell anybody, like, I'm just going to keep this to myself, or... No, because not enough people knew about the sobriety stuff then. Because you weren't talking about it. I wasn't it. talking about it that much. And I remember it was, I went to LA, I had gotten a manager from, because I reached out, I was like, I'm doing all these colleges, like, I would like a manager, and I got a manager from that. Mm-hmm. And he was really good. I didn't appreciate him at the time. I think he was the best manager I've ever had. I reached back. He's not, doesn't do management anymore, but I was like, I didn't appreciate you. And he was like, good to finally hear someone say that. This was like 10 years later. Yeah. I was like, you were great. And he was like, I was. You're right. You're right. I was. I was like, you really were. Like, you were such a hustler. You were on it. You were great. But he got me this showcase. I didn't do well at the showcase. My phone died. And I had... I was getting acid reflux, mm-hmm. and a couple of days before I went into this like walk-in clinic in LA, and the doctor diagnosed, um, prescribed me uh, Xanax. Yeah, and I was like, ah, I, I'm sober, like I don't know if I should have Xanax. And he was like, okay, he said we can take this for acid reflux, but the Xanax will help you relax. And I was like, eh, okay, okay, okay. Twist so I, and I'm not even a, I'm more of an upper person. Yeah, but did, I got did you it. know about Xanax at the time? I knew it was addictive because I remember saying, I don't know if yeah, it's worth it for me to have this, for this like mild heartburn. And, but I took it. And then I remember telling people like, I can't believe I got Xanax. And people were like, give me some of that fucking Xanax. Yeah. And then after that, after that uh, show that went badly, I th- or I felt awful about it. I remember, cause I had to like stay in network afterwards. And I was like, I just feel so, I couldn't deal with the feelings. Yeah. Couldn't deal with it. I was like, what am I doing? And I also knew, I was like, I can't keep doing colleges like this. Like something fucking, and then I went, to get some food and I remember like maybe I got a snack and they had beer at the place. I was like, no, but then I drove to a 7-Eleven. I got some Miller Lite. I sat in the parking lot, drank a couple beers. I'm like, thank fucking God. You finally feel better. Took the Xanax and then I was really off to the racetrack. Yeah. I think for like two or three years I was out and I, it was great for a little bit. doing comedy full time now? Doing comedy, doing the colleges, snorting Adderall before I, and in a way that like all of a sudden made it be no problem that there was no health imbalance because I could fucking work myself to the bone. Yeah. And I looked like shit though. I mean, it was like. Because you're not like working shit. out at all. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe here and there, but it was just like a fuck, it was just a mess. It was, and I was snorting a lot of Adderall. Yeah. I would drink before I went on general meetings. At lunch, like I remember, I would like have a couple beers and be making phone calls, like catching up with people. Yeah. Like, oh, have you ever done it where you blacked out and then made a couple phone calls? Probably. And then you get texts the next day, like, "Hey, man." So I ended up turning into the thing that I hated the most. Uh oh. Because I like I was talking about to you about earlier, people would say things to me, and then the next day, I'd be like, "Hey, are we gonna do that?" And right. Like, what are you talking about? Fast forward 10, 12 years. I'm calling people sure. wasted because, you know, I started doing comedy. I'm like trying to get right. out on the road, doing a lot of just like open mics and just bullshit in Florida. So I'm calling my friends who are in entertainment who have moved on like right. to New York or L.A. And I'm like, we got to put a showcase together, like totally. a dirty South kind of thing, blah, blah. And then the next day I'd get a text like, hey, what dates do you want to do that show? Fuck. And I'd be like, what, what show? show? Yeah. And you're like, I'm not going to get it together to do all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not going to get it together to go to work. It's like, I'm not going to. It's wild. Gonna... It's not good. It's really, it can cr- talk about, you're going to crash and burn. Yeah. So I definitely, I don't remember what exactly made me I was going to ask burn, you, but, you don't. Because that was like, I must have done, so- what would happen a lot was I would do something so shitty with dating, and then I'd be like, oh, I got to get sober. Like, I would fuck someone over that I was dating, but I was not working the steps, like, only in the past three years that I start working the steps because yeah. I remember just being like, okay, what have I done? Every time before, I didn't do the steps. Mm-hmm. Just didn't do them. And then this was the time. And it's so stupid because it's like, that's what everyone says to do. But it just, then when I started I mean, doing it them. It seems like such a foreign concept when you does. first get there. And I, I resisted the steps for a long time. And I tell people now because, you know. We Did know, you? Oh, I've worked yeah, this up several times. But you now, resisted yeah. them for a oh, while. Yeah, yeah for I the, really resisted. Yeah, I was first, really like, ah, I don't need to. For, I went to my first meeting at like 22, and I didn't get sober sober till I was 30. So right? I resisted it for a long time. Yeah, and I would always get through the first couple, and then Same. I would just kind of be like, meh. hundred percent. Like even with my current sponsor now, I he's the only one I've ever done a true fifth step with, and that's only because, and even then, like I then I'd get to eight and nine, and then I would stop. And then I would end up relapsing mm. because I would just stop doing the work. Totally. But I tell people all the time, because we meet a lot of people that are sober, who just don't drink, excuse me. Right. They're not sober. They just don't drink. And But sometimes they're so angry. Mm. And I'm like, hey, have you thought about like doing this? Totally. And they're like, no, absolutely not. Like, that's not for me. And I'm like, okay, like okay. I'm not going to push right. it on right. you. But at the same time, I'm like, I, 
I've been you. Sure. Like I've been there. I like, don't know how they stay just, not drinking because I would snap so white way knuckling quicker. it yeah. is insanity to me. Because I've also had other people who have not drank for a while, then fall like then they start drinking again. Then they'll come to me. They come to me and they mm. go, I don't understand it. I didn't drink for three years or two years or a year, and I was miserable every day. You right. don't drink. You're in these bars. You're in these clubs all the time, and you seem like the most gregarious, happiest mm. guy there. But you you don't drink, and I was like. Like for me, it was the steps, dude. Like I don't totally. know what else to tell you. Like I don't. And those bars, like being in a bar at night, like that stuff is not triggering for me it too. It doesn't matter because I'm like, at all. yeah, if you're if you're working a good program and you're like spiritually fit, you're not gonna be like fiending. Yeah, like well, if, I tell people just, all the time because there's a big there's a passage in the I think it's one nineteen or page one ten something like that, but it talks about how if you shield yourself from everything, you're not getting any better. Mm. You're just hiding from mm. it. And I've taken that. So to heart because 100% because you a lot of times you want to hide from stuff. Yeah. And then people are like, I don't understand how you're in bars. That'd be so triggering for me. And then I'm like, then you're obviously not totally in any sort of condition. To I've be had out. people say, is it okay if I, I have alcohol around you? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Like, and also that <laughs> would be, I wouldn't leave if I was at the point where it wasn't like I would go somewhere. Well, that's what I say. Cause Savannah loves wine. So we've got like hundreds of bottles of wine at the mm-hmm. house. And then she has these like random liquor bottles because she doesn't drink liquor very often. Right. So they're just in there for right. like when company comes over, people are like, how do you do that? And I go, Oh, if I wanted to drink, first of all, right. it wouldn't be any of this. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. 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 Second yeah. of all, <laughs> I don't need anyone's like. If I'm going to drink, it's already been decided. Yeah, it's not like, the it's problem. Not, isn't like, well, I don't know where. I'm to not get gonna it. wake up one right. day and be like, oh, there's wine right, here. Right. T- totally. Could you imagine like if it was that? <laughs> like that's the block that you don't know where to get it. You got bigger issues. Like <laughs> yeah. an addict will find what they need. Oh my god. Come hell or ho- like. Do you know how much? How many times I've snorted baby aspirin because I tried so hard to get coke? Wow, I didn't even know you could do that. Oh yeah, they just grind up baby aspirin. Which really? thank God they would do that because now everyone's doing the fentanyl shit. Sure, but they would just grind up baby aspirin and mix it with the coke to cut it. That uh, or laxative, and then that way it'll last long. Like they right. can sell a lot more. Thank God they're not doing what they're doing with fentanyl now because right. it's ten years ago. But like, like that's insane to me when people are always just like, if it's around, I go, if it's around, booze is always around. It's always around, and it's like that's not the experience of you having a cocktail at a party is not even what I'm mildly yeah. interested in you guys like these people at my restaurant who drink half a glass of wine and then go to like ask for the check and i'm like get out of here what are you doing with the rest of that glass yeah of wine, you're bro? weird yeah you're, you're a weirdo you're a weirdo this guy's cra- or my girlfriend sometimes will eat a donut hole and i'm like just I, one yeah and i go i don't understand what you're doing like i don't want I don't why would you do that the last time the time you're mocking me you're mocking me you bitch <laughs> the, if i want a donut hole the last time i like went into that was like I was like spiraling about something and she went up to drop something off for a cousin. There's a Dunkin' Donuts below it. And I like snuck in and bought a bunch of donuts. And then she was, she was like, did you buy some donuts? I'm like, no. And then I was like, yeah, I don't know why I lied. And then I ate them in the bathroom. <laughs> and she's like, you don't have to eat them. She's like, I'm not judging whatever you're eating. And I was like, yeah, I have to eat them in the bathroom. You don't understand how you this works. You don't understand. Like I'm, this is, this is the experience I want. It's in the bathroom by myself. Lights are off. Yep. I'm muttering that tomorrow I'm going to like be Go, healthy. Yeah. Oh, this was so much fun. I'm so, so happy fun. you came yeah. on. Plug Anytime. everything one more time. Um, all my tour dates are up at immemmawillman.com. I'm going to be in – actually, I got a, a Columbus, Cincinnati, Nashville, Birmingham, Alabama, Orlando, Tampa, and I'm on Instagram at Wilman and TikTok at immmwillman. Perfect. Thank you so much for Thank coming on. Thank you for having on. me anytime. Absolutely. Thank you everybody for listening at Brennan T Comedy on all social media. One Man Show is booked January 30th, 6.30 and 8.30 at the Producers Club. Uh, the tickets will be on sale probably in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, subscribe on Patreon. Get your ex-drinking buddy merch. We'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>